we doing, church? I'm glad you're doing great. It hasn't been an easy week for me this week. Is that the way you want to start the sermon, Pastor? Not necessarily. But I always want to be honest with you. Have you gone through one of those weeks where you, you see that if it's not one thing, it's another thing happening in your life? It's just life happens, right? Life happens. And when life happens, it's easy to have different reactions according to our own emotions. I have a couple of questions as we start this morning. What has the power to transform a tender, loving mother into a beast of fury? As I watched her one time pick her up, uh, pick, up, pick up her 18-month-old baby by one arm, slam it into, into the dryer, and grabbing that baby and putting her on the seat in a chair, in a high chair. I, I know that mom loved that little kid, but what in the world happened? What happened, what, what has the power to take a normal, loving, good parents and turn them into uh, people who are yelling over and over and over into the face of their kids, of their kids are only staring back at them, like then knowing what's going on, why are they yelling at me? Well, what has the power... To take good friends and, and, and a couple with dreams and, and passionate lovers and, and over, uh, you know, over time, uh, you know, what, what happens? What makes them go bitter, full of resentment, turn them into cold, calculated, cr- critical marriage coexistence? You know, what, what, what happens? What has the power to do that? What has the power when you get together with your family on a holiday? And and as you guys are are talking, all of a sudden somebody said the wrong thing, and then the other person takes one one of the sides, and as you take sides, somebody else gives another opinion, and things turn from bad to worse and worse and worse. And then they go, you know, years and years without talking to each other, and... And what has the power to turn a calm, cool, and quiet person, worker, who just got fired from work, and went and bought a weapon, and went back to work, and went office by office shooting people, killing people, what has the power to do that? I want you to write this in your notes. It's a simple word. Anger. Anger. Anger is one of the biggest problems we are experiencing today, not just in America, not just in the United States, but also around the whole world. I don't know if, I don't know if you know this, but um, it, is, it is a worldwide problem. Anger is a worldwide problem. Uh, would you believe that in the ten... Uh, I was reading this this week. I was, I was blown away. That in the ten most uh, problematic countries with anger, the United States is not in that list. I was shocked. 
Because everywhere you turn, somebody finds, uh, somebody finds an excuse to be angry at you. And somebody finds uh, something to be accusing you for, uh, about. But the Washington Post wrote uh, a headline a couple of years ago uh, that said, Americans are living in a big anger incubator. Big anger incubator. Anger is, uh, is having big and negative effects in society nowadays. Big negative effects. For example, in the family, uh, there, there was a study done that children of angry parents have poor overall adjustment in life. There's a strong relationship between parental anger and delinquency. Strong relationship in the study they made. The effects of parental anger can continue to impact the child adult all the way through their lives. Parental anger will possibly have one or more of this effect in a child as he becomes an adult. Anger is a big deal. Anger is a big deal. And statistics are... um, It's just incredible. 30% of people, according to the statistics by Bowling Point Report, it says that 30% of people have close friends... Or family members who have trouble controlling their anger. You at least have 30%. That's what the, the report says. 10% have, uh, you know, trouble controlling their own anger. And, and those are the ones who admit it, right? So many people would never admit that. I, I don't have anger problems. I don't, I don't have any problems with that. 25% worry about how angry... They feel sometimes, but they don't say anything. 20% have ended relationships or friendships with somebody who's angry all the time. And the report goes on and on and on. And 50% of people don't know where to seek help for anger. 80% agree that people should be encouraged to seek help for anger. 45% of people, uh, you know, regularly lose their temper at work. 80% 80% of drivers say they have, uh, they have been involved in some type of road rage incident. And 50% of us have overreacted to a computer problem with anger. Are you one of those? This computer doesn't work, right? I hope that by now you would agree with me because we all have a problem. We all have an anger problem in different ways, different levels. So, what we've been going through in the book of Proverbs is, we've been talking about practical life. And we we have talked about, uh, you know, how important are our words, the words that we speak, what we speak, how we speak, when we speak. How important it is for us to listen. Not just to hear, but to listen. And and today we're going to talk about how important it is for us to control our anger. And this is what James uh, says. Even though we're going through the book of Proverbs, remember, the book of James is considered the book of Proverbs of the New Testament. So a lot of stuff that you read in the book of James, you will find it in the book of Proverbs. And and James says it like this in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, we went over this last week. 
that he, 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 he's including everybody into, into these three different issues that he's going to talk about. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be, number one, he says, everyone should have listening as a priority. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. So that way you can understand what the other one is talking about. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Why is James, why is James talking about these three things? It's because a lot of times, because we don't listen good enough, or we don't use the right words, we can easily get angry with other people. So James is saying, be slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So a lot of times we explode. A lot of times we react in anger. And we do it in a way that is not pleasing to God at all. The Apostle Paul also talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through, 20, uh, through 32. But specifically on verse 26... And 27, the Apostle Paul says, in, in, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil, the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now, this verse is, is power pack. This verse is power pack. And starts by saying, in your anger, do not sin. Which it implies... That, that, that fact that it must not be a sin to be angry, which is really good news. No, being angry is not the sin. What becomes a sin is the way you react when you are angry. It is normal to sometimes feel bothered. It is normal to sometimes feel angry, especially when there is an injustice going on, when things are not right. It's normal. God has given us the ability to feel, to have emotions. There is a reason why God gave you those emotions, so you can identify certain things that are coming into your life or going around in society. So it is not a sin to be angry. What's a sin is the way we react when we are angry. One of the reasons why we get mad or angry so often, it's because we get offended. When we get offended, we get angry. Now, now let me tell you, being offended in the world is something you cannot avoid. It's inevitable. You will, you will sooner or later, you will get offended. What was not, what was, you know, what's not normal is when you choose to leave offended. Because offended, leaving offended is a choice. Being offended is a normal thing. You will get offended. But living offended is a choice. And it will happen. You will get offended sometimes. You will get offended, but you can still choose on how you respond to that offense. So, that, that perhaps is one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul is telling us here in verse 26 and 27 of Ephesians, that you gotta, you got to be really, really careful. Because if you hold on to anger, if you hold on to that offense, if you hold on to anger, and if you are always nurturing that offense, if you are rehearsing uh, that that hurt you, 
if you're just rehearsing that over and over and over, what you're actually doing is you're giving the devil, is you're giving Satan, the father of lies, the prince of darkness, you are giving him uh, what Scripture calls him a foothold in your life. So if you don't deal with that anger the way the Apostle Paul says, if you don't deal with that anger, as he says, take care of that anger before the sun goes down, before the day is over. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he knows, he knew at that moment he was writing uh, that, that part of the Scripture, that it is not good for us to have anger and not to deal with it. A lot of times people think that by holding it inside, by holding it, it's just going to disappear. Things are just going to disappear. No, and you just become a time bomb. Any moment you're going to explode. And that's what happens a lot of times when we have anger build up in us. And a lot of times we question, you know, what, what happened to that person? That person was so sweet and all of a sudden she just, or he just explodes. It's because a lot of times people have it built up. And you give a foothold to the devil in your life. And giving a a foothold to the devil. I I did some research on this word, foothold. I always thought that uh, giving a foothold to the devil is when you go to a door and, and you know what? You don't let somebody close the door. You put your foot there, right? So they don't close the door. No, no. It's not that the devil just puts a foot in the door in your life. The word in the Greek is it, it, different than that. The word in Greek is the word topos. And the word topos means in Greek, translated to English, is a place or a room. So in other words, if you go on living in your anger because somebody offended you, and you live in your anger, you are giving the devil a place. You are giving the devil a place in your heart, or you are giving the devil room in your life to work. Have you ever been offended? Have you ever got angry and just tried to ignore things? Well, you are opening the door for the devil to say, come into the room and play. And and, and then what happens is there is a process that goes on. Where you go from getting bothered with something all the way to become a bitter person. And that is not a good thing in a believer's life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to give the devil any access to anything that matters to me. And if I don't deal, if you have your marriage and you don't deal with issues that make you mad, that make you angry in the marriage, you are giving the devil place in the room so he can destroy that marriage. If you are mad at your kids or if you are angry at your kids and you don't deal with that, you are giving the devil room, you are giving him, uh, you are giving him basically a place to destroy that relationship also. Your friends. How many friendships have been destroyed because we don't deal with stuff that we get mad at each other and we don't, we never deal with it. So you give a foothold to the devil. You give room. You give room to the devil to come and play in, and play in your mind. Sometimes churches get destroyed because of these reasons. Anger can make a lot of damage. So the first question we have about anger this morning is what is anger?
if this is a, 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 this is a, an emotion that we all deal with, and, and if if it, if it it's making it's, it's damaging so many people, so many families, it's hurting people and families. What what is it? Is anger a sin? No, anger is not a sin. We just read that. Be angry, just do not sin. Is the way we respond. You know, I always, I always tell people we are like tea bags. You know what a tea bag does, right? You got to pour hot water. When you pour hot water, what does a tea bag release? The essence of what's in it. So a lot of times when we're going to, and that's why I was telling you guys the story about this week not being an easy week for me. So as I was preparing my sermon about anger, guess what happened? The Lord was pouring hot water in my life. And it was first, it was my neighbor. So because of an issue with my neighbor, their dogs came over to my backyard. One of my dogs. And and, and I went over there and I said, your dogs are in my backyard. I had to put my dogs inside. And and I didn't want to be nice, but I went very nice. Especially because they had cameras in front of the house, right? So I was really nice. But as I'm over there, and I'm telling them, she comes over to the side of my fence, and she sees the big hole that they shoe to get through my backyard. And as she sees the huge hole, I'm like, your dogs have a strong jaw. And, and, I, I'm like, and she's, she's looking around the fence all over. Oh, this is work. Oh, this is not good. Oh, this. She starts looking at the things that are wrong with my fence, and not taking responsibility for what the, her dogs did. So I, I, I'm not feeling very nice at that point anymore. But I'm holding back because I'm remembering what I'm talking about, what I'm preparing for Sunday. Be angry, do not sin. Breathe, right? So that wasn't the only incident this, this week. There were a couple of more incidents. So I just had to work a double time and double work um, just to get things done this week. But, but it's a test after another test. So, so it's okay if you feel bothered, if you feel angry. What's not okay is the way we react. Because we react depending on what essence we have. The essence that we have in us, when we are pour hot water in us, we are going to release that essence. We're like tea bags. You are going to release, you are going to let other people have what you really have inside. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So when you get angry, it's not a license to go and start yelling at people and start sinning the way you respond to people. But to the contrary, we are supposed to have self-control because that is one of the expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. So, so anger, is it emotional or mental? Anger is an emotion, it's an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done wrong to you. That's not an easy thing to go through. What, what, are, what are the reasons? What are the reasons why we get angry? Well, the... The root, what's the root of most, most anger? Common root of anger includes fear. It can be pain. 
But for the most part, the reason people get angry is because of frustration. You are frustrated with the other person. You are frustrated with the other driver who's cutting you off. I'm so frustrated the way these people drive. I'm so frustrated with my husband. I'm so frustrated with my wife. I'm so frustrated with my kids. They can never listen. They can never pick up after themselves. And you start getting angry and angry and angrier. And you might blow at one point. Frustration is often experienced when you are feeling helpless or out of control. You, you, don't, you don't have control of stuff. But another reason why we get angry is because a lot of times things don't come or don't happen my way. Or the outcome didn't, was not, the result was not what I was expecting. You remember the first person who got angry? According to the Bible, the first person who really got angry? Cain, right? It was Cain. And you know that the first question God asked, after God had, you know, taken Adam and Eve out of the garden. Out of the garden, He took them out. And the first question God asked is, He asked the question to Cain. What was the first question? No, there was a question before that one. It's, it's, that's, that's the second question. But the first question was, why are you mad? He went over there. He did what he had to do. He, he brought the sacrifice and everything. But God didn't accept that, so he got mad. So things didn't go my way. He got mad because things didn't go his way. And then he says, where's your brother? So why are you mad? Where's your brother? Like if God didn't know, right? And Cain says, I, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Have you seen when people, when people have made a mistake, and they're mad, and they know they're wrong, and you tell them that they're wrong, and you prove it to them that they're wrong, Instead of asking for forgiveness or apologizing, what, what do they do for the most part? They get mad so you don't tell them anything, right? And Cain goes like, well, who am I? Who am I? am I? Am I my brother's keeper? We need to deal with this stuff in a different way. We need to deal with this stuff in a humble way and understand that this is an issue that we all struggle with. And we might be passive. We might have passive anger. That doesn't mean you're not angry. That doesn't mean you don't... I mean, it can be... We can have passive anger. We can be active. We can have just different type of angers. It's how do we, how do we, how do we respond to other people? Jonah. Remember Jonah the prophet? What happened to Jonah. God didn't do what he wanted. And he got mad. God saved a whole city. And he got mad. He got so angry that he went away. He wanted to die. That's how angry he was. Because God did his will, not Jonah's will. 
And a lot of times when people pray for things, I, I, found, I found this this interesting because a lot of times people pray for things and, and they go, Lord, if it is your will, please, if it is your will. But, but they pray asking, Lord, if it is your will, but that's what I want. Then God comes with His will and it's contrary to what some of the people want. And they get mad. And they get mad. Lord, that's not what I was asking you for. No, you were asking for my will to be done. Now that my will is done, now you don't like it. And that's what happened to Jonah. So Cain got mad, got angry, and because he didn't get his way, Jonah got angry because he didn't get his way. Also, a lot of times people who experience envy, some people get angry because of envy. Jealousy creeps in. They have envy of other people. They are jealous. They have jealousy against other people. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30 says, Envy is like cancer in the bones. It eats you up from the inside out. Envy is like cancer in the bones. So, so what, what's, what is the damage that anger can cause? What is the damage that anger can cause? Well, I don't have to tell you this because I'm sure you know this. Uh, but you know that when you get angry, you run the risk. If you don't have diabetes, you run the risk of develop diabetes. If, you just got to get mad one time. If you get so mad, your sugar can go so high and now you have diabetes. That happens many times. So you see how the spiritual, emotional, and physical is connected? One thing is connected with the other. So high blood pressure, how many people just got mad one time and they go, you know, I just got mad that time. I got so mad, my blood pressure went through the roof. Now I have high blood pressure. I got to be on medication. So the, the anger, anger, anger damages a lot. And, and a lot of times when, when you don't deal with stuff, it makes it even worse. It doesn't just hurt you physically, emotionally, and spiritually, but, but it interrupts your relationship with God when you're angry at other people. When you are angry at other people, your relationship with God gets interrupted. As a matter of fact, God says, I don't want to take your offering. I don't want to take your worship. Go deal with it. Don't come and, 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 and worship me. Don't come and, and tell me you love me when you don't love your brother who you can see. How can you love me if you don't even see me? And Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5 verse 22. But I say to you, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you are even angry at someone and you haven't dealt with it, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot... You are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you, um, if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So this is what Jesus says. If, if, if you come before God with, a, with, a, with an offering of worship, you come before God. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled with that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. 
don't, don't think God is going to take that. When you haven't made your part to reconcile. Now, it doesn't mean you will be able to succeed at reconciling with another person. A lot of times the other person is not, it's not doing good in their own life. And they will not accept your, your apology, your forgiveness, or whatever it is. A lot of times the other person will not do it. The question is, did you do your part to reconcile that? Did you do the part that belongs to you? Your responsibility. Anger, anger can easily bring serious consequences. Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. And sin has a consequence. So anger brings consequences. And, and at any time when you are a hot-tempered person, a hothead, a hot-tempered person, you will commit all kinds of sins. Because you have no control. And if you don't have control, don't, don't say, well, I just couldn't do it. Why did you... Why did you yell at your wife? Why did you yell at your husband? Why did you say those mean words to them, to each other? Oh, I just couldn't help it. No, you could. You could. You made a choice not to do it. And don't say you cannot, because then what you're telling me is that the power of the Holy Spirit is not within you. If the Holy Spirit is within you, resides within your heart, you have the power to control yourself because an expression of the fruit of the Spirit in your life is self-control. So there's no reason why we're going to say, we just couldn't do it. We just couldn't know. We decide, we make a choice not to do it. Anger brings serious consequences. All kinds of sins, sins has consequences. Anger also brings, divides people. It's amazing how anger divides people because once they're angry at each other or one of them is angry, now there, there, there comes a division. It's an emotional division and it can be a physical division in their hearts. You often find direct consequences in their lives. Fearful and strange children, bitter wives, health problems, difficulties at work, Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 19 says that a hot-tempered people, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. So in other words, when you always react with the hot temper, you will pay the consequence. There is a consequence for that stuff. There is a consequence when we choose not to control the anger that we're dealing with in our hearts. If you rescue them, look at what the rest of the verse is saying. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. Because the heart has to be transformed for the person to change. If the heart is not transformed, you will rescue them once, but then they'll go and do it again. And you'll rescue them again, and they'll do it again until they learn that that is not what God wants for them in their life. You'll have to get him out of trouble all the time. But then you'll have to repeat that over and over and over again. Because a hot-tempered person, you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And easily you can become a bitter person. 
What's the process? How, how do you get to that, to that anger? It, it, it's, it's, it's very simple. A lot of times people, you know, people just don't, don't just react out of nowhere just because that's who they are. No. A, a lot of times, a, a person already brings problems from other places. Or oh, they had an issue at home and when they get to work and something happens, something so small happens at work and they blow. The bomb explodes at work. Because they already brought a problem from home. And then they couldn't, they couldn't do it at home, but they did it at work. Or sometimes they have a problem at work and they go and do it at home. They go and explode. You know, Why? Because the people that are closest to you are easy for those people to become a punching bag. Because those people closer to you, they love you. And they're going to put up with you. And you think they're gonna, that's going to happen over and over. So you can explode at home for whatever you brought from the streets. And, and a lot of times, so it just doesn't, it just, it, it, it's not that it just happened. No, it's a process. A lot of times we get bothered with something, and we, we get bothered with something, and we don't deal with that. That's why Ephesians 4 says, do not give a footstool to the devil. Don't give a foothold to the devil. Why? Because this could happen. You get bothered, you don't deal with it, you don't talk about it, you don't deal with it, and so what happens is it goes from bother to what? Now you get mad. No, you know what? The more I think about it, I'm getting mad. And, and as you get mad, you start thinking over and over. And there's a word for that. It's called resentment. So from being bothered, you get mad. Then you begin resenting what you're mad about. So, but, but, but what is resentment? Resentment, re meaning again or repetition, and sentiment is a common uh, sentiment uh, of sentiment or feeling. In other words, you repeat the feeling, you refill. The, every time you think about what bothers you at first, the more you think about what bothers you, the more you think about it again, the more you refill what you felt when that bothered you. And you refill it again, and refill it again, and refill it again, and it becomes resentment. And resentment takes you to the point of being angry now. And if you're not careful with that, anger will lead you to become a bitter person. It's just one thing leads to another. You refill yourself with that that bothered you at first. And eventually turns into anger. And anger just develops roots of bitterness. Anger can take your blessing away. Now, really quick, do you, you remember what happened to Moses? Uh, by the way, is that clock good? Are we good on that clock? Yeah? Okay. So it's good. You remember what happened with Moses? What, what happened with Moses? Didn't he go to the desert for 40 years and, and put up with the Israelites for 40 years and was just patient? And, and by the way, 
What has been said about Moses? He was the most what? He was the most humble man. But right before he, he, he went and, and took the promised land, what did he do? Anybody remembers? He walked the what? The rock. Was he happy or was he mad? He was mad. So God said, you know what, Moses? Man, you just, 40 years you waited. You know how many blessings you can lose when you get angry and you react the wrong way? You know how many times we have lost so many blessings? You know how many people lost good jobs? Just because when they were mad, oh, I'm so mad, they don't want me, I'm leaving, I can find a job somewhere else. And then they, you don't find a job the same way you, the one you left. Because you just left because you were mad. And a lot of times we just put, we just, you know, the, the, the anger with pride and all that stuff in us, it just mixes up and, and, and makes it worse. But a lot of times we can, we can easily, easily lose blessings. Proverbs 14, 17 says, A quick temper man does foolish things. A quick temper man does foolish things. Number four, what are the warnings that the book of Proverbs gives us about anger? Proverbs 29, 11, Fools bend their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Fools vent their anger. They, they let any, everybody know they're angry. But the wise holds it back. Proverbs 19.11 A good, good sense makes one slow to anger. So you, you become a person that makes good sense of things. Because you're slow to anger. And it is His glory to overlook an offense. So when you decide to forgive people, instead of holding a grudge... Instead of holding that within you and then become resentful and eventually develop bitterness in your heart, you choose to forgive. Proverbs twelve sixteen, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Proverbs fourteen seventeen, A man of quick temper acts foolishly, warning after warning after warning. Uh, maybe you'll understand this when I say it, uh, when I say this quote. Do, do you remember this quote? Uh, let's see who remembers this. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Oh man, you guys watched the Hulk too. Yeah, that was the Hulk, 1978, right? Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <You know. coughs> this is from that show in 1978, The Incredible Hulk. Something went bad. This nice guy. And I don't know, do you have one of those at home? You don't say anything because you're going to get in trouble when you get home, right? But it's like, there is this nice person. But this guy is, is a, is a two-person. Is it's a two-people in there. 
One of them is a nice guy, such a nice guy, you know, a gentleman and everything. You would never think. But all of a sudden, something happened that he didn't like it. And he turns green and becomes the Hulk. Rapes his clothes, damages everything, damages everything around him. Destroyed the buildings. Destroyed. So, but, but it's interesting that a lot of us have that same... We deal with that. We deal with that. We don't usually do that at church. Because at church we're all good Christians. But in reality, we're dealing with stuff. You know, one thing that I... And before we finish, I just, I just want to say this. One thing that I, I try to do with people is... You know, it's okay for you to trust somebody who is mature in the Lord... And let them know what you're struggling with. The reason a lot of times we are defeated over and over and over as Christians is because we don't open up with anybody. We don't open up. A woman, of course, a woman with a woman, a man with a man. Don't go open up with the opposite sex, okay? That creates trouble. But, but it's important for us to do that. Because a lot of times, we, we just don't know how to handle certain things on our own. Oh no, but there is God and you can pray. No, but you need. You know, uh, Philippians chapter 4 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's what people quote all the time, right? And, and I, I usually tell people, that's right, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. But have you read the next verse? So that way you can quote the verse in context. You know what the next verse says? Who knows that? The next verse, it says, so the, the, the verse that people quote says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But I thank the Lord. I thank my God for you, my brethren. In other words, Paul was saying, I can do all things through Christ, but I need you support. I need your support. I need you to be there with me. I need you to be at church with me. I need you to be a body with me. I need you to be my friends, my brothers, my sisters. I need you to pray for me because I can't do these things on my own. And a lot of times we just, we, we just become an island. And this anger issue gets worse and worse and worse in a lot of people's life. Because we don't have anybody that we can talk to. And say, you know what? Man, I, I'm really struggling with this stuff. What are you struggling with? And then you can open up. Well, always make sure as a mature person you talk to. Don't talk to somebody who's just going to tell you, Yeah, you're right. And, and, and what about this? No, you're right too. On that, you're right too. Uh, don't look for the person who's going to always tell you you're right. Talk to the person who's going to be honest with you. Who's going to, out of love, going to tell you the truth, what you need to do, how you need to handle some things. The things that you need to work with in your life. Have, person, have a person in your life that you can talk to. Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, that, uh, Make no friendship with the man given to anger, nor go with the wrathful man. Nobody wants to be a friend of a person who's always angry. So, this is something that we got to deal with. 
Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. And that's why in your anger do not sin. Last, what happens when you control your anger? Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. Proverbs 16, 32. Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper, than one who takes a city. So it's better for a person to have self-control than a warrior who can conquer a whole city. It's much better to have control, self-control. A person who rules their spirit demonstrates self-control. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath. When you learn to tell people, to talk to people, when you learn to answer even those who are against you, you learn to answer them with the soft answer, it turns away the wrath. But a harsh word steers up anger. So an angry person talking with anger will just create more anger. Proverbs 23. 20 verse 3. Avoiding a a fight is a mark of honor. So there's nothing wrong with avoiding fights and problems in the street. Only fools insist on quarreling. Just in case you ever see people fighting in the streets. But James said, my dear brothers, let every man be quick to hear, Slow to speak and also be slow to become angry. Do not give a foothold to the devil. Don't give room to the devil in your head, in your heart. Don't give room to the devil in your life to destroy your life, to destroy your relationships because of anger. One of the things we need to learn to do Remember I said in the beginning that one of the main reasons why we get angry is because we we are offended. One of the things we need to do is we need to learn to forgive. You know, learning to forgive, it's, it's, it's simple to know how to do it and what to do, but it's hard to do it. It's not easy for people to forgive. Don't hold a grudge. Forgiveness is a powerful tool. If you allow anger and other negative feelings to push out the positive feelings, you might find yourself swallowed by your own bitterness or sense of injustice. No, no, it's because that wasn't right. She has to pay for it. He has to pay for it. Forgiving someone who angered you might help you both learn from the situation and strengthen the relationship. But there's got to be forgiveness. There's got to be forgiveness. That's what God wants. God wants for that to be, for, for, you know, for forgiveness to take place. Anger is a natural part of humans. But it can, all, it can, all, it can also become destructive when I'm controlled. What does God want for your life? You know what the Word of God says. Now the question is, how are you going to be responding from now on to difficult situations? 
This week, I, I went through at least three, four different situations where I had to remember every time the sermon I was preparing. Because what? It is unfortunate. And the reason I give you guys an outline every Sunday is so that you guys are not just listening, but you guys are also writing in those outlines. And that you guys are also using, using your eyes, your visuals. You know why? Because about 95% of what you heard today, by, by Wednesday, people forget what they heard on Sunday. And it, it was just another sermon. Do yourself a favor. Preaching the sermon is just half of it. The other half is up to you. Is that you you really go home and really think about this and, and consider what's going on in your life. Consider the way you are reacting in your life. Are you hurting other people? Are you hurting your own family? Are you hurting yourself? Is that what God wants from you? Or does God want you to have self-control because that is an expression of the fruit of the Spirit? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this, this moment. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to get into the Word this morning. In spite of all the things going on in life, Lord, in spite of all the stuff, all the statistics about anger, Lord. And, uh, and even though maybe even this morning when we were driving to church or before we left our houses, we had an incident that had to do with being mad, being angry. Maybe we had a fight before we left home. Lord, help us that we will be able to control ourselves. That we will be able to put in practice that self-control that the Holy Spirit has given us the power to exercise in our life. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for every single person that is in this place today. Those who are sick and who couldn't come, Lord, I just pray that you will bless them and that you will strengthen their bodies to be here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.